All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Effort Growth Livestream. We're here. Let's see. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Joe is still in Mexico. We're um, continuing the bouncing around, except for hopefully we'll be in Columbus, we'll be stable for the next few weeks. And so um, excited to get back into this branding conversation. Last week, as part of the episode, Joe and I had a little exchange about what we thought branding was and, you know, started a little conversation. Colleen in the comments mentioned something about like, we should do this as a show topic. And it seems like people are excited to hear about this. And so we're excited to talk a little bit about what brand building means to us individually. Joe's going to take his approach. I'm going to take my approach. We'll go back and forth a little bit. And I think we'll deliver a ton of valuable information about what it means to build your personal and professional brand, uh, specifically with Webflow. So obviously this is a Webflow focused show and we will be focused on Webflow here. Um, excuse if I start getting some heavy light, the sun is coming up, which doesn't happen a whole lot in October in Columbus, but uh, there's a window right here that I can't really control. Um, so if it gets real bright and I put my, my hater blockers on, where are they at? Maybe I'll do this mid-show. <laughs> nice. What's up, that's Joe? A good look. Yeah, that's right. The fin, that's the fin suite, like, that's the official fin suite look. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, what's up, Joe? How you doing? Great, great. Really excited about this episode. I, you know, right after last week's episode, you wrote to me about this branding episode, and I was thinking about it all week. Branding has been such an important part of what we are doing at FinSuite. So this is a really nice opportunity to talk about that. Super excited. Uh, before we get too much into that, let's get into the announcements. Yeah, we have wait. some interesting things for you to say here. Real yeah. quick, before we get too far into this thing, let's F and grow. Oh. Okay, okay. And again, before announcements, if you don't see real the quick, intro. It, oh, yeah. It's not a real show if you don't see the intro. <laughs> exactly. Let's get some shout outs real quick. Um, Jeremy is in the house. What's up, Jeremy? Wallison. Gabriel says, hey, finally caught a live stream. What's up? We're glad you're here, Gabriel. WKD in the house from Belgium. John Philippe is, uh, what's up? Daniel Colleen Brady in the house. Hello, Colleen. Magdalena's here. Shane Grady uh, from LA. What's up, Shane? Joe's in the house. Maria. Maria. Hey, what's up? It's good to see you. Maria has been, uh, we've been missing you on a couple of these streams. So yeah, good to see you back in the crowd there. Um, let's see. Jeremy's here. Who else is here? Jose is here. Dale Jensen, Babas, Rohan, Amarado. No, Armando. I'm sorry. Zach Bujazia. Yo, Zach, what's up? Shout out to Zach. Again, he hosted us last week. Today, we're at uh, the Haven Collective here in Columbus. So shout out to the Haven Collective. Uh, Greg Dolan is in the house. Mahar, Kenneth. Man, the squad is here today. What is up, everybody? Susan. All right, let's get into it, Joe. You had some announcements. Where are we at? Let's see. Announcement one. Cookie Consent. The FinSuite Cookie Consent Solution for Webflow breaks 10 million monthly hits. Excuse me? This is awesome. That means 10 million times our cookie consent solution is loaded on a Webflow site. That's pretty great every month. 
So we're really excited about that as a team. That means all of you are using our products. And thank you for that. Wait, wait, wait. We just kind of gloss over 10 million. <laughs> 10 million. That's a 10 lot. 10 million loads. So that means that JavaScript file is getting called 10 million times per month. That's a significant little download. What's that been out for three months, six months, something like that? Yeah, yeah. So, and that is going to continue growing. It's a great solution. We're going to, going to continue putting resources into that. Yeah, exponentially, I imagine that thing will grow. Yeah. All right, what's next on the list here? Uh, events. Too. Some events, yeah. some shout outs. Yeah. Let's run through some events. Uh, Floxy's community is going to be learning about Notion tomorrow. Uh, check out floxyscommunity.webflow.io. Aaron Kornblit has Ben Parker from Webflow and uh, co one of the co-hosts of the Visual Dev FM podcast. They're doing um, something about how to do a BuzzFeed style quiz with Webflow, JavaScript, and a no-code API in Airtable. If you haven't seen any of Aaron's streams, they get in-depth on Airtable and how to do cool things with that. So if you're learning about how to bring in some data and do other things inside of Webflow or some of these other tools, great episode for that. And then Thursday, Vlad will be on a panel at Zapier's conference, Zap Connect. Uh, Vlad is the CEO of Webflow, for those who may not be familiar. Um, and let's see, in two weeks, on the 1st of November, we're doing an open mic and live support desk, like live help desk. Um, so this is organized by our events committee. So there'll be a bunch of people from the community, a bunch of different meetup organizers will be hanging out, will be in the gather space. And the stage will be yours for up to five minutes at a time. So you can come share a project. You can come ask a question. Um, if you need support, we can, you know, like branch that out. So that's not capped at five minutes. So if you have a question, maybe somebody can pull you aside and work on that. And so like, we're just going to start doing this probably once a month-ish. Uh, we'll hang out in the space. We'll do show and tell. So come show off your cool projects, something that you built that's interesting. If you've got a cool integration, if you've got some cool interactions, I don't know, whatever it is you're working on and you want to show it off. Uh, come to those events. Uh, let's see. I'm going to drop an Airtable registration form into the chat. This is um, there's no official need to register, but if you're interested, this will help us kind of have a head count. Um, and then, Joe, you want to talk a little bit about the client first uh, assets that have been released? Yes, absolutely. So we have new client first resources, and I'm going to share this link here in the chat. Client First Resources, we are continuing to build our library of available tools for you to learn Client First, and that starts in the resource section. We have a new template, Client First Template 6. We also have our live builds posted. So every Thursday, we have been doing a live build, building a section or a page in Webflow using Client First. We have now finished those builds, we have video documentation for them, and now we are releasing them as clonables. So in that resources link, we have a new live build section, and you'll see live build three and four added. So keep learning this. Keep going hard with Client First because we are doing that. We have a lot more coming with Client First. We are actively working on this. And yeah, super excited for everybody that is learning it and really taking control of this new system. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. And client first is, is going to be like, I saw somebody post the other day, what's the best naming convention and Webflow, and a bunch of people were rattling mm -hmm. off client first. Um, it is making the rounds out there. It is valuable for people. 
Um, I know I wish I had a system like it when I was starting in Webflow, um, as opposed to just scrambling and learning on my own and making shit up and having a bunch of like, I still think about that now when people download or clone some of my early projects <laughs> and I'm like, no, don't judge me <laughs> for <laughs> my naming conventions. Um, so everyone's yeah. been there. Everybody has been there. Right. Uh, one month after using it religiously, can't recommend it enough. Thanks, Babis. Um, for sure. Client first is awesome. Says Mark Tiedman. I love, uh, Armando is saying, I love client first. I'm currently using it. Yeah. Great. Um, Babis had a question. No, who had that question? Somebody asked a question about, uh, okay. Tommy gun was actually asking, how do we cover hosting fees for the script? So the script is just a piece of JavaScript. Where do we host that show? That is JS Deliver. And yeah, we do not, we don't pay for that. That is under the JS Deliver system. Uh, from my understanding, yeah, we, we're not hosting anything of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, we're not hosting any load on that. It's just serving up a JavaScript file. So it delivers the file, it makes right. a call. Um, yeah, who knows if it gets up to the hundreds of millions or something like that, though, will that make it a could. difference? Yeah. Yeah, right. Maybe then we have to do something paid, sure. Client first on an existing website with extra styles. Wish me luck. Good luck, Susan McPhee. And then WKD, client first was definitely a game changer for my Webflow game. Yeah, for sure. Once you get some system and you get some structure to your projects and you can start, like, um, I guess, moving a lot faster. And I think as Webflow evolves with their components and variants and they build out this whole little thing that they're working on, like with symbols and nested symbols. And I can only imagine this leads to like real component libraries that you can share across projects. That'll be super cool. Um, and so having that totally. set up with client first to make them interchangeable across the different places, I'm ready for that. Okay. So love, um, it. love it. One more question from Maria Caraba. Yeah. What's up with vertical resizing? Mm. We had a couple people reach out to us about vertical resizing, which is a line item in our FinSuite extension. We previously had a release date for last week or two weeks ago. We forgot to update the UI of the release date. We currently put that on hold, the vertical resizing, and we have completely focused on rebuilding our CMS library. This is a huge change. This is incredibly valuable for you as a community. We're taking our entire CMS library and rebuilding it to be more native to Webflow and to be no code. It is completely attribute based. So that's why we don't have vertical resizing. That's why we took a break from some of the extension updates we had there, but we did not forget about it. We know how to do it. We're going to do that after we do this CMS library rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, and the CMS library is just one of our most popular things. It's all of the features and functionalities. Yeah. It's like our most used asset across the entire FinSuite universe. And so modernizing that a bit, bringing it up to speed, um, kind of getting those assets out for folks to build because we will deprecate the CMS library after that's done. And so that kind of took a little bit of precedent over some of the extension stuff. But as soon as that's figured out, we'll get back to, um, you know, all of those extension updates. So bear with us as we kind of work and prioritize some of that stuff. Um, 
let's see real quick going back to client first ezekiel we plan to hire another developer client first will be a must nice that's great nice. to hear good morning from san francisco just use cookie consent for the first time is great also still beefing up on client first great 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 um yeah lots of people jump in beginning to wrap my head around client first after learning client first yeah there we go uh there's a question for you joe nice. was joe a web developer prior to finding webflow he knows quite a bit of javascript we've talked about that in an episode but you want to give a real quick overview or we have. You remember what episode that was sure i don't remember the episode i'll give you a, a preview of it though i was not a developer at all i knew nothing about websites before using Webflow. So zero knowledge. The way that I learned JavaScript was a lot of trial error and working with people that do know JavaScript. It's a great way to learn something, interact with people that know it. So we had a JavaScript developer on the team. I always ask questions. And over time, I now understand how JavaScript works. So it's a long process. It's really difficult. It is makes you want to quit, but anybody can learn the, the basics and the concepts of JavaScript. Yeah. Nice. Um, and we, there, we go into depth on that. And, and with some of the early episodes, yeah. I know we dive in, I can't remember exactly what episode I do want to address this question by Anthony mass. He's saying, what about if we already implemented CMS library on old projects? Don't worry about that. It, it will still work. We're not going to like pull that scripts. We're not going to like disable that. We will not continue to update it moving forward. And so we will not mm -hmm. necessarily like provide new updates or upgraded functionality within the CMS library or service. And yeah. Service, um, support, those kind of things will kind of move off to attributes. Attributes is going to make everything a lot easier to use. And this is an opportunity to upsell a client, uh, learn new skills. We talked about betting big on yourself, uh, in previous episode, I think two episodes ago. And so like, this is an opportunity to just kind of learn, um, some new things and, and create some new opportunities for yourself inside of the world of Webflow. And Anthony, I think this is going to be so easy to implement that you can just convert your old projects within a few minutes. That's how simple this is. So we've really, really made the process less time consuming and less to think about. No code. It's only attributes. So I'd like to think that you can convert your old projects just to make them better. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate that. For sure. Okay. So let's get into the disclaimer here. Let's jump into the meat of the conversation today. We're talking all about how to build a badass brand. If you've been following, that's exactly what we're doing here, right? So like FinSuite has been growing and building a powerful, a powerhouse brand in Webflow. Webflow focused. We were one of the first to go all in on Webflow. We're one of the first to go development only on Webflow, and now we're seeing this becoming uh, a trend. Uh, lots of other people are doing this, um, but we want to talk about what makes a brand good, bad. How do you build it? We're going to go through all the nuances here, um, but building a brand is it's like a complex topic, you know, um, and everyone kind of has their own approach. So we're going to talk about what it means for us, um, what's made things successful for us. Joe and I will kind of go back and forth like we usually do on personal experiences as it relates to brand building, et cetera. And so um, just know that we won't cover everything, just like, you know, some of the other topics we have about an hour here. It's going to be difficult for us to cover everything possibly related to branding. So we'll give you as good as we can what branding is, what branding isn't, what makes a good brand, how to build brand voice and value. And then we'll kind of cover some final thoughts 
about what's um, you know valuable about a brand here. So anyway, Joe, any thoughts on the disclaimer before we jump right in? No, sounds good. Uh, well, I'll give a disclaimer actually that we probably give on most shows. It's different for everybody. This is the the core thing you have to remember that we're not going to give you a to-do list on how to build your brand. That's up to you. And every single person is going to have a different process, different outcome, and different result. Yeah. So make sure you think about yourself and make sure you customize this approach for you and your business. Yeah. And some people have different needs, disclaimer. you know, like yeah. some people totally. want to build a brand that speaks to lawyers and some people want to build a brand that speaks to startups. Those two brands are going to speak completely different languages, right? And so it's your job, goal, whatever, to kind of just take some of what we, you know, give as advice here, as our personal experiences, and break that into how do you apply it to yourself. So let's start out with what branding is, right? Um, and, and this, again, is a broad strokes. But in my mind, branding is what makes you or your business unique. And we're going to talk a little bit about that unique factor. Um, but it's what other people say about the work you do. And more specifically, it's the emotion or benefit generated by someone else supporting your business, right? So like think about the Red Bulls of the world, the um, Nikes, the Apple. You know, Apple just had a big event where they released these MacBooks, these new MacBooks and all their new products, whatever. And people were literally like, when people think about Apple releases, there's so much excitement built up. It's like crazy. It's like a cult, right? But that's their brand. People love the technology. They love the cutting edge. They love the new product releases. And Apple has worked hard to build that. There's other people with great products, though, that don't have a brand like Apple. So what is that? What separates that? Joe, what are your thoughts as it relates to that emotional connection? Like, what does it feel like to before doing business, after doing business? Like, all of those things kind of go to the brand itself. You know, it's, it's um, I don't know. What, do, what are your thoughts there? Well, I think it's the most important part. This emotion that is created, this emotion that is felt when people interact with your brand. This is the most important factor out of anything that we talk about. This is my point of view here. Mm. And you need to you need to understand that I'll say one of the reasons on the last episode that I said the website's the most important part of your marketing is that this is the first touch point for a lot of people that you go to somebody's website and right away you have this idea about them. Mm. This is a professional company. This company doesn't care about their web presence. These things are first in mind and it's a lot of, it's a lot of how people judge you and that creates an emotion. And that's why I think the website is very, very important. Yeah. So yeah, emotion it's top. And that's kind of what kicked off the reason we're doing this episode. I think we touched on this in the intro there, but like during like we had a branding moment in the conversation last week. And I was saying that I didn't think the website is always the centerpiece. That's not that it's not important. I think the website is really important to your brand, but we live in a day of social media. We live in an era of YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and all this other shit. And, you know, lots of people build brands that don't have like big, robust websites. I think what we'll see is a migration towards websites, especially as you see what's happening with censorship and, and being turned off on your platform and, 
you know, you build this big Instagram following and then all of a sudden your account's gone. And so like, I think you'll see more people want to own the property where they publish, but branding is so broad, right? Like branding is literally, if it's about that emotional connection, anywhere you can make an emotional touch point with somebody becomes a place to build a brand, right? Now, I do agree with what Joe was saying there that the website is and should be, if you're planning on making a business in Webflow, if you're planning on building a brand in Webflow, then that website should be that first touch point. It should set that first impression. It should set the tone for the type of connection, emotion, benefit, whatever it is that you want to drive in your audience. So I'm going to ask this question to the audience. You know, what does branding mean for you? Who can sum this up? as concisely as possible, because I think um, YouTube limits your co your comment count. But I'd like to hear from the crowd right here. What did we get wrong as far as what branding is? Like, have we missed a key point of what makes branding? And I wanna ask another question here, because this is where it gets important, right? It's like branding is building this emotional, like um, impulse, right? You wanna build impulse, buyer's impulse. You wanna buy, you wanna get, uh, impulse towards a conversion, you want to get like something, you want to build some excitement, right? Some intent, some buyer's intent, some form submission intent, whatever it is. So how do you place yourself? This is the question you have to ask yourself to build a valuable brand. How do you place yourself between that initial feeling, that like thought, that emotion that we've been talking about and a logical call to action, right? We talk about having a clear call to action on your website, a clear call to action wherever you put potential touch points for that brand building. And so this, if you're going to become successful, you have to find a route between that emotional connection, your call to action, and how do you put yourself in between that road? Because that's how you're going to build a brand. Joe, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, I'd love to, to talk a little bit about how we approach this on the FinSuite site. Yep. It's all about emotion. Uh, you feel emotion for a brand based on how unique it is, based on how good the product is, based on how good the service is, based on how good it looks, based on what other people say about the brand. So when we were building our current FinSuite site, our goal, it wasn't necessarily to get you to click a button. We have our call to action, it's there, but that's not the main goal. The main goal was to make you feel like this is crazy feel like this is something I've never seen before. Like this, this is color I've never seen before on a website. This is an effect I've never seen before on a website and just blow you away. That's the main goal. It's all about creating emotion and we're rebuilding our new site now and it's the same concept. How can we create this experience that blows you away and really makes you feel something inside? This is really powerful and it's really that next level of branding thought. How do you in, how do you get to that emotion? Yeah. I like what Zach says here. Actually, he says branding is the personality and values of a business. So again, it's that emotion. Yes. It's what do you think about a, a, a business themselves, right? Like a business is really just like a corporate shield usually, or some kind of corporate entity that allows people to work together towards a shared goal right? And have some kind of legal liability separating themselves personally from whatever those efforts are. Um, and so like, that's what a corporation or a limited liability, like one of those things becomes right. And so to, 
to build a brand around something like that is to really take what makes you interesting, what makes the people who are building that business interesting and personify them at some level at scale, right? At some higher level entity, right? Whatever the corporate structure is, whatever the operating structure, even if you're a freelancer, even if it's a personal brand, it's still about taking the best parts of what makes you you and bringing that out into some kind of web persona, right? Whether that's through social media, whether that's through your website, whether that's through content, blogging, whatever it is, you know? Um, so let's see. Um, I think we got a Webster's definition here from Keegan. Consistent look plus messaging that elicits a certain emotional response and develops trust. Okay, yeah. I think the trust is, a, yep. yeah, that's one we haven't mentioned yet. We've talked about the emotion. We've talked about the messaging. You know, I guess we haven't talked a lot about messaging yet. But um, trust is a key, right? You want to build trust. And it's how do you quickly build trust? How do you instantly, again, with going back to the FinSuite reference, when you come to the FinSuite site, you're like, damn, okay, this is beautiful. We make FinSuite Webflow sites. Boom. All right. And then you scroll down and you see this big gallery of the sites that we've built. And immediately there's trust. Immediately, you know, like, okay, they build FinSuite Webflow sites. Here's a bunch of Webflow sites they've built. And look at the variety of design and looks and feel and experience here. Immediately, there's a connection. I want to work with these folks. Damn, they do good work, right? So I agree. Um, very nice, Keegan. That trust word, I think, is valuable there that um, that we hadn't referenced yet. Joe, any other thoughts there before we go to what branding is not? Uh, let's let's read this from WKD. The brand is the emotional feeling that someone has after working with you. In the case of a web designer, just like a circus brand would be the audience, what the audience thinks after the show. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Brand is not just what people think about you when they first get to your website or how they think about you over a, er, over a period of time. It's I am doing business with this company, buying their product, buying their service. And afterwards, I feel like I got a great value, an okay value or a bad value. Yeah, that goes right into the brand. Absolutely. And this is something we've talked about this in the sales podcast or live streams that we've done where that's where a social sale begins. If you want to generate referrals, if you want to generate long-term business value, you have to think about what is that experience from the moment you take the person's money or complete the transaction until you deliver the promise you made through the sales process. That is the most important time of the sale. Because anybody can talk somebody into buying a thing once, right? Like, and, and in the internet world, you can do that repeatedly because online you can have these one-off interactions and until that bad delivery starts taking place and people start bad-mouthing your brand, you can get away with a lot of shit, right? And so WKD nails it here because you really have to figure out how to make sure that when people get done transacting with you, when they convert, when they do whatever it is that that transaction is that you're looking for them to do through this brand, do they have a positive experience? Are they gonna go tell somebody a good word about you? Are they gonna share a social message? Are they going to follow you on social? Are they gonna get involved with your community or whatever the next step is, right? Because that conversion, especially in a digital world, is usually just the first step. Right, that initial conversion, that initial sale is like usually step one. Um, even if you're selling websites, like is are they gonna come back and buy from you again? Right? Do you have other services that you can sell them? Is there some kind of maintenance, an ongoing agreement, some SEO work, some other stuff that we've talked about, 
you know, like those things all come into play related to whether or not that experience delivers. So WKD, another great point there. I really do think that um, is an important part of the process. And Keegan's clarifying, not actually Webster's definition, just out of my own fat head. Okay, <laughs> Joe, any thought about what we just said there about like that deliver, that, that, that finish line is really the starting point when you're talking about brand building and long-term value-based sales processes? Yeah. Think about it outside of the, with the Webflow industry also. This, it's a really important concept. We're all thinking about delivering great experiences to our clients. Also think about it in the context of Apple, delivering great products consistently over years, making people happy. Think about um, Uber, consistently giving great rides over time. And after you take enough Uber rides, you're like, okay, Uber is a great app. If I'm going to a new city, I'm choosing Uber because I know this one and they do. They've consistently given me great rides in a different city. Right. So think about this from all areas. Don't just think about your branding in a sense of websites. Yeah. And, and Dale now, brings up a really good yeah. point here. Yeah. I think, I think we, we definitely, definitely have, have influence, influence <laughs> jinx <laughs> on the, <laughs> on the brand ahead. experience, but ultimately we're judged by people's personal experiences. Absolutely, Dale. That's a really, really nice idea here. And that actually brings us perfectly into what branding is not. Uh, Dale, you're right. Branding is not what you say about yourself. It's about how other people think about you and how other people take on your brand. So if you say on your website, we're great at SEO, you're not a branded SEO company. That's not enough. You need to have real work in SEO that is showing real results and real clients. And branding is not cool design. That's a big one. Uh, especially in our industry, I think a lot of people look at their brand, look at their logo, look at their colors and say, this is my brand. Mm. This style guide, this website is my brand. And although that's part of your brand, that's not going to get you long-term success with your brand. Right. So Reimar, what do you think about this? This idea that cool design is, is a brand for a web designer. I think great design can help you build a good brand. I think that content and because branding is, and we didn't put this in the first notch, but it's really just an umbrella that lays over top of all of the work you do. Right. And so under that umbrella, there's a bunch of spokes, right? Or whatever the little rods are that support this umbrella that make up this thing, you know, like, and design can be a part of that. Content can be a part of it. Your socials can be a part of that. Your website is a part of that, right? Like all of these things put together will make up a good brand, but individually the elements are not enough, right? Because you can have great design and maybe your brand is good design. Okay. And you can use your design to show that off. However, you know, like it's not just the design work because you still have to find clients. You still have to like generate the business. You still have to like create intent. Right. And so, um, I don't know if that's, if that's, if that's a good place to go into what makes it good, because I know we have a nice little outline here of what makes a good brand. But, um, the other thing advertising is not is an advertising budget, right? We live in a day and age where, anyone can pay 
to distribute a message, right? But we're also in a time where community is becoming the most important part of how you build this brand and how you actually market. We talk about this all the time, marketing versus community building versus advertising, right? And in my mind, advertising is like the lowest step you can take in product distribution. And if you're using advertising right, you've already discovered where your conversions happened, you've already established a trustable brand, and you're using the advertising to amplify some of that, right? The advertising should be something that helps you grow after you've kind of done all these other things. The problem is a lot of people want to start out with the advertising because they want to hit the ground running. And what you see is that advertising is like heroin for your sales process. It's great while you're doing it, right? But as soon as that heroin dies off, you just like start, okay, where's my next fix? And there's nothing to keep you happy around you other than more advertising, right? Other than another hit of the juice. And you'll never build an organic brand. You'll never build real distribution. You'll never build anything valuable if all you're doing is boosting your efforts for content discovery using advertising. And so the goal here is to figure out how do you build a brand that kind of stands on its own. And then once you get some momentum there, then you can take a little advertising and take that to the next level. Joe, any thoughts on that? I love that. I want to get a sign on my office <laughs> that says advertising is heroin. <laughs> Absolutely. That's like, I, we don't advertise at FinSuite at all. I've never agreed with the, the model that you have to pay money to bring people in. I'd rather give my time and resources to then bring people in. And that's what we do at FinSuite. We give our time, we give our resources to get that community action, to get those new clients. Yeah. So really good. I like that great analogy. I want you to think of branding almost like a person. Branding yourself. Think about all the things that you have to do as a person to be a good person. So cool design. That's like wearing cool clothes. That's like wearing presentable clothing. Like, yeah, that's going to help you, but that's not everything you need to be a good person, right? We see people that dress so well, but they're, they're idiots or they're terrible people. Doesn't work. You have to communicate well with people. You have to uh, help people. You have to have empathy for people. You need all of these things in your personal life, and that creates your brand how much people like you, how happy you are in life, how happy the people around you are in life. And this is the same thing for business, that you have so many different aspects to build, to create this brand. It's not one thing. It's not these two things. And I like to think of it like that. I think that's a really powerful way to think about it. And to kind of continue on that, the complexity of it kind of scales as the business operation grows, right? Because if it's just you and your personal brand, no big deal. You get to set all yeah. the rules, right? But once you start bringing other people into that and you have to manage some kind of consistency and, you know, like it has to all kind of work together and play nice in the same space. Now it comes down to a lot of things we've talked about in other shows, like what type of people are you bringing onto the team? What is their mindset as it relates to your brand? Right. This is why the mission, the values, having people who kind of agree and see see things not necessarily the same way, but through the same lens is valuable because a couple bad employees, a couple people who don't buy in with the brand, 
can destroy the whole thing from the inside out. You know, a, a few negative folks on any team, anybody who's built a team and you get somebody who's like just always bitching or negative of Nancy about whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, like it, it's contagious. And this is the same thing with a brand, right? Like people love to share the negative emotion more than the positive emotion. So you could do 10 positive transactions and mess one up. And that one person is going to go leave the review. They're going to go write the mean tweet. They're going to go do whatever it is, leave a comment on the YouTube, whatever it is. They're going to do that more often than not on a negative experience than a positive experience. And so again, the negativity becomes contagious and it, be, it can become like a plague. You know, so if you're thinking about building a big brand, if you're building an operation with like multiple people involved, this is a conversation you should have about what direction do you want to take the brand? How are you planning on shaping this brand? And what do you see the finish line looking like if you're successful in, the, in that process? Which is a good transition into what makes a good brand, I think. Joe, any thoughts there before we jump in right into this next one? Let's jump right in. What makes a good brand? Yeah. Unique. That's the first one on our list. And I love this one. Stands out from the crowd. That when I first started FinSuite, this was my top branding concept. I was a branding newbie. I didn't have any of these thoughts when starting FinSuite, but I said, I always want to be unique, right? If, if somebody's looking at our website or our client list or something, I want it to be unique. I like that. I think it's cool. So this is one part of what makes a good brand. <laughs> Jay. What, what's, he says, takeaways from today's now? stream. One, people dress like idiots. Two, heroin is good for advertising. <laughs> nice. Sweet stream That's in it. a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I want to carry on on the unique thing. And I kind of want you to think Ooh. about this in a sequence, right? So, like, what makes a good brand? a unique story that invites relatable action, right? So like there's five elements here, unique, it stands out from the crowd, the story catches your attention, invites, so it pulls you in to take the next step, relatable, it connects with the audience, and action, can people take the next step, right? So a unique story that invites relatable action, right? And this is not like a metric, I don't know, I thought about this last night as I was writing these notes, this isn't like some, it, it doesn't create like a cool anagram or what is it? Uh, I don't know what they call this. <laughs> um, yep. But it's a good way to think about these things. So let's go through. Joe talked about unique standing out from the crowd. Now, this is not just like ugly design can stand out from the crowd too, right? But And sometimes that works. Sometimes yep. that's less important. But what we're talking about here is value. We always talk about value delivery, building value, um, you know, creating value for the audience, giving back to the audience. And so... Um, yeah, finding a way to stand out from everybody. And usually the story is what helps you do that, right? The story is what catches your attention. That's what pulls you in or that, or at least gives you the opportunity. I always talk about in a sales process, there's two sales you have to make anytime you wanna sell anything. First, you have to convince people why they should listen to you, and then you can sell them on whatever it is you're trying to sell, right? And so if you skip the first step, most people jump right into step two, right? They just go, I want to sell some stuff and this is why you should buy from me. This is like LinkedIn. Every message you get on LinkedIn, right? It's like, hey, connect. And then, oh, hey, I can offer value. It's like, uh, you got to convince me why should I listen first, right? And that's story. That's why big story is so important. 
we are a storytelling species. Like we evolved by telling each other stories. And before we had written history, before we had anything like what we're doing here today with broadcasting to people on the internet, it was just folks sitting around telling stories, stories about life, stories about society, stories about whatever. And so we are ingrained to just fall into stories. And this is why the best brands wrap their whole process inside of stories, stories you can repeat, stories you can tell, stories that are fun, stories that are engaging, and stories that, again, invite you to explore more. Um, acronym is the word I was looking for there. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Um, Joe, keep going on uh, exploring more. Invites, do you want to take that one? Sure. Invites suck you, sucks you in to explore more. This, this starts to go into the call to the call to action. You can be cool and do everything that you want and everything, everybody loves you, but there needs to be some meaning behind it. Something that has that person say, I want to do business with this company. I want to buy their service. I want to buy their product. What do you have to offer that that person needs and and why should they go and get that from you yeah uh, and you need to be really open about this hey i'm giving you this and this is why you want it like apple hey we have the iphone we have the macbook this is what we are giving to you we're inviting you to come buy it yeah. we're inviting you to come buy it in our fancy store in our fancy keynote in our fancy marketing campaign and yeah this is this is like getting into the sales mindset let's, of your let's brand. stay on that example just for a second the apple thing because the apple brand is more than just a single device the apple brand is the ecosystem right the apple brand is the cool factor it's the cutting edge right and so it's taken them years to build that right so like that's why people line up for the next product right i love having my macbook talk to my iPad, talk to my iPhone, talk to my Apple TV. Like it's all part of the ecosystem. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what comes next. I don't care what happens. Like <laughs> Apple would really have to screw some yeah. shit up for me to step away from that ecosystem. Now I'm not saying I won't buy a product outside of the ecosystem, but it's gotta be a real value add to get past that. And this is again, a brand that's store, like this is a story that brands tell, like successful brands build this kind of, like Webflow's doing it. Webflow, like people joke about like, oh, Webflow developers are a cult. You know, like they're just, it. no, no, we understand the value. We understand the story. We understand the opportunity of opening up this no code world to people with visual software development, right? And that becomes something people get really excited about, right? That sucks you in to learn more. You see their content, it pulls you in. It's relatable. It connects with a specific audience. We're all designers, creatives, tinkerers, online, whatever it is, web developers who were looking for the, the next tool. What is the next thing? I remember when I found Webflow, I was not convinced. It took me a long time to buy into the Webflow and to step away from WordPress and to really understand what's happening here. But once that triggers, boom, I've connected with a specific audience. Right. And so also going back to the brand building thing, like you have to know who your audience is. You can't just build a brand for everyone. You're not Facebook. You just and Facebook didn't start like Facebook. Facebook started selling like social profiles to college kids and their audience was very specific at one point. And now it's grown and become bigger. But like 
early on in the stages of building your brand, you really should look for, you know, a specific audience to talk to. We talked about niching down before. Maybe that's something you want to do, maybe not. But either way, you need to know who you're talking to so that you can understand how to speak to them, right? Again, are you talking to lawyers? Are you talking to startups? Are you talking to, you know, tech folks? Are you talking to teachers? Like where and what is the messaging that's specific for these folks to actually connect? And then what is the action that people can take, right? Clearly defining that call to action or the next step so that, again, once you've built the trust, you've told the story, you've built that buyer impulse, well, then there's the logical step. We talked about your, the question you have to answer to build a brand is how do you get from that emotional response to the logical call to action and how do you connect that path? And so that's literally you know, what we've outlined here. Joe, any thoughts to tie that up? It's a process. This is such a process People need to understand that you can't just say this year, I'm going to build the brand. And after that year, it's, it's built. This is a multi-year thing that has to happen. This is a multi-year project building a brand. And let's go back to the person example. You can't just snap your fingers and become a good person in six months. Like, you know, this takes time. It takes time to build meaningful friendships. It takes time to do all of these things. A lot of people leave in business or fail in business because they don't wait that time for the branding to happen or they are not handling their branding correctly. So be patient. Yeah. Gear all of these words to you and be very patient about how people look at you long term. Yeah, Riley makes a good point here. A great timeless piece of great brands is having the character of being consistently memorable in a brand's presentation as well as impression. So yeah, again, making nice. that emotional connection, but consistently delivering that value and having some kind of ongoing touch point, right? Like what's the positive touch point? Where are you reconnecting that emotional experience as you go through the process? Great point, um, Riley, as we go through here. <laughs> and Keegan's saying LinkedIn messages are worse than a used car lot. Yeah, who I saw somebody on Twitter the other day. They said they just accepted like a hundred LinkedIn messages, and I was like, "Oh, our LinkedIn connection invites just blindly just went through and accepted all." And I was like, "Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> good luck with that." <laughs> <laughs> Why does LinkedIn do that? They're like they're turning into a spam platform. It's so bad. What's up with that? I don't know. It, and, it, and talk about a brand. That, that's a bad brand move. Yeah, right. that's a bad brand move. Absolutely, we are talking about how we have a negative experience on their platform, we shouldn't be having this conversation. We should be saying, oh, I met someone great on LinkedIn. I did something great on LinkedIn. I met, I shared a great post on LinkedIn. But no, usually we're talking about spam. Yeah. So why? L LinkedIn is its own universe. And there's value there to be had. But like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Let's see. Dale had a good point here. It's clear that creating value and building community around that value exponentially help build brands do that. Yeah, community is one of the biggest things you can do to help grow your brand. Because again, what is the key part of a brand? It's other people talking about the work you do. When you build community, you're essentially creating an environment where other people can talk about the work you do. And so the better you get at building community, the better you get at building your brand. 100%, it's why community is exploding right now as the core marketing channel for authentic relationships. 
especially in a SaaS driven business, right? If it's a transactional one-time sale, nah, doesn't really matter about the community, right? Like I buy a car once every four or five years, maybe, maybe six, seven, who knows, right? Depending on your cycle, I don't really need to have a community with my dealership. I'm looking for the best deal. That's very transactional, right? Community's probably not gonna help car dealerships, although they still will sponsor the local ball team, the local whatever, right? The, the nonprofit here, they do find ways to build community in that space even. But when we're talking about SaaS businesses, which is what we're all trying to build, when we're talking about the web, a community is important because it's that consistency that Riley was talking about, that Dale talks about here. It's about constantly bringing up that emotional connection. You gotta remind people sometimes like, oh yeah, this is why FinSuite's so great, right? Like, and, and creating this environment where it's not just led internally by us, but it's by supporting other folks to do what they do, right? If you're using cookie consent, or if you're using client first, if you're using the CMS library and you're able to solve a problem for yourself, well, you're probably gonna go share that with somebody else. And this becomes an opportunity to build a brand. And so this is why we talk about a clonable being so valuable for brand building or some like useful resource in the community that other people can use because it helps other people find something of value that you created and help and they'll share it. They're more likely to share that with a broader audience, which again goes back to creating that, you know, reciprocal engine. And <clears throat> it's great that we're in a we are in an industry where community really does matter. You gave a great example of the car dealership, not really community, community type business, but this is the community business. This is such a powerful and dynamic community and everybody needs something, right? Nobody says, oh, I have all of the tools and all of the resources I ever need for websites. It's impossible. Right. So you now have the opportunity to give people those resources at any level, the beginner level, the intermediate level, the advanced level. Yeah. Um, let's see, there was a couple comments I wanted to point out here. Brandon Tancott makes a good point. Being authentic is key to long-term brand consistency, 100%. If you're pretending, yeah. go, going back to Joe's analogy of a person, right? You'll always get discovered <laughs> as a fraud, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing yeah. worse than getting always. exposed in a setting where you just like, you know, get your pants dropped and everyone gets to see who you actually are. Like, it's just not, it's not a cool thing. So I agree. Uh, being authentic is, is super key. Um, any thoughts on that, Joe? And let's, yeah, let's go to the LinkedIn example. I think we have these negative feelings about the spam because immediately when you go on that platform, your first thought is there's a lot of unauthentic people trying to connect with me, trying to yeah. send me a message. So you go in not with the feeling of authentic, but the feeling of fake or scammy or right. spammy. Right. So yeah, being authentic, that is a key. And you have to do that over a very long period of time. And it's difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. Zach saying here, for my business, a big draw to Webflow is the trust I have that everything will work. Having every feature is not as important as having every feature work. Reliability is huge for branding. Yeah. That goes back to totally. authenticity, consistency, community, yeah, all of those things. Again, they're building the umbrella that is the brand, right? And this is where you get to a brand voice and consistent value, right? So we made the transition into the segment here that you need to find, and we've talked about this, so we're probably not gonna spend a ton of time on this section here because we've already talked about building your voice and building consistent value. 
if there's one thing we harp on in all of these episodes, it's finding the place where you can deliver value on a consistent basis to your clients, to your audience, to your community, to whatever it is. And that voice just becomes the language. And this is where the design comes into play, right? Because your voice is visual. Your voice is expresses the authenticity. It expresses the, the connection, you know? And so, again, speaking to a legal group versus an engineering group, versus a tech startup, like those are all gonna be different voices and you have to find the one that allows you to do the things we've talked about. How do you build that emotional connection? How do you build a road to your logical call to action, right? How do you create that process? So Joe, any thoughts on brand voice and value? I mean, FinSuite has, you know, effing sweet in the name. We've got a very specific <laughs> brand voice, right? Like we're bold, yeah. it's in your face, it's kind of over the top a little bit. But so are our websites and so are our designs and so is our approach to a lot of this. So like that's the FinSuite voice. Talk a little bit about developing that, becoming confident in that, you know, um, feeling free to, to just kind of explore that. Maybe share some of that with the audience. Yeah. We did not always have this brand voice. We had to grow into this brand voice that day one or year one or even year two of FinSuite Nobody knew it was effing sweet. We did not have this bold over the top website or bold over the top branding. It just didn't exist because we were still learning. We did not have the work to back that up. And I think that would be a mismatch. So we got to a point where I felt comfortable in the industry, in, the, in everything to say, hey, let's now take this brand to the next level. We have the work to show for it. We have the skills to show for it. Now let's create this wonderful experience. So it took years, you know, of thinking, what do we want? How are we going to do it? And our, is our work, is our service representative, representative of what we are showing visually, of what we are saying about ourselves? A big process. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'd like to ask, I'd like to, you know, Get, get into this final thought segment with a question for the audience asking like what did we miss what do we miss as it relates to branding to developing the voice you know like to building your audience to having kind of like to building that path from emotional connection to building trust to delivering a clear call to action I don't know why I really like this really sticks to me that unique story that invites a relatable action, right? It's like a single sentence that kind of encapsulated what branding is. So to, like, what did we miss community? As you're out here watching, as you're out here thinking and listening through this stream, leave it in the comments real quick. Leave a thought about like, um, did, did we like look over anything? Did we get anything completely wrong? You know, like Joe, any, any thoughts here? Actually, I saw, um, let's see what Lizzie says here. She says something. Was it Jeff Bezos who said your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room? Love that. Yeah. And that's kind of nice. like a reputation that goes back to that personal reputation. You know, it's like, um, mm -hmm. there's, there's another thing. It's like, um, it kind of goes along the same thing. It's about like what you do when other people aren't watching, you know, it's like, it's like, are you a good person? It's like, I, I don't remember, but there's another kind of, um, Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? 
I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zach. That. Oh, Good. Uh, that one, that last one goes really well into the person that dresses really well, but maybe doesn't have any substance to them as a person. In public, everyone's going to say, wow, amazing. You look great. Everything's great. But behind that person, when that person's not listening, they'll say this person's fake. I don't like this person. They're manipulative, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a really, really powerful thing. And this actually brings up an interesting point that goes back to maybe connecting the dots between how we got started in this conversation. And that is that we're in an age where looks and superficial connections really can lead to building a brand right think about instagram influencers you know it's like let me show my half naked body on screen and i can build a following however most of those folks when they try to sell something have a very difficult time getting that audience to convert because it's very superficial right and so again we all love to be and see the person who dresses nice and like oh whatever you know that's cool at a distance but when that person comes up and actually opens their mouth and they sound like a ding dong because they don't know anything about anything, you're instantly like, oh, fuck this, you know? And so, yeah, I think it all comes down to doing these things in step. You can fake a lot of this stuff online. You can do a lot of stuff on social to build a brand. But where the website really comes into play is when you want to turn that brand into an actionable next step, right? The website is where you own. It's the piece of property where you get people to come convert, right? So social media becomes your highway. And how do you get folks off of this highway onto your little exit ramp? And the website is that exit ramp. It's where you can control the entire platform. You can control the message. You can control the design. You can control the substance and everything about it. The entire experience front to back from before they convert to after they convert. And this is why the website is such an important part of that brand building process, because it's what allows you to take the next step in building an effective brand. You can do all the glowy, you know, the showy, show me whatever on social, but you're just like the person Joe was talking about that's dressed nice with no substance, right? The website is where you meet this person. It's where you actually get to know someone. It's the first date, if you will. So um, any thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, really, really well said. Let's bring up that comment from Zach. Yeah. Uh, the 54 minutes into a brand discussion, we haven't heard the word logo once. <laughs> Branding is so much more than a logo. Yeah, Zach, absolutely correct. Logo is part of it. Logo is how people may remember you, but that's not how people feel about you. Logos very rarely invoke emotion on by themselves. Yeah. They are emotional based on what that brand is. Well, and the logo comes from building a brand, right? Before anybody knew what the Nike swoosh was, Nike was nobody. And then Nike became right. somebody. They built a beautiful brand, and then everybody wanted the swoosh on the stamp. You know, they wanted it on the shoes. They wanted it on the shirt. They wanted it or whatever, because that mark represents the brand, right? The logo, the mark represents the brand. The brand doesn't represent the logo, right? The brand can change the logo and still be the brand. We see this happen all the time, even if we think they do a bad job of redesigning the logo. doesn't matter. Brand stance, right? And so the, the logo, just like an artist, right? Like your signature, like it's the mark you make to kind of encapsulate what is this brand. 
And sometimes that can be a beautiful mark. Sometimes it can be a simple mark. It can be complex, whatever. That's, that's not relevant. But if the brand isn't there, the logo means nothing, right? So a lot of people spend a lot of time worrying about, we got to get the right logo, perfect this, that, the other. No, you kind of have to have traction. You have to build trust. You have to deliver value. And then eventually you can have a mark that will represent that reputation. And this is what a logo is. Nice. Love it. Uh, Brandon, this, the why is key to the belief in a brand and why we follow them. Yeah. Always start with why. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Jay saying, and that, that, a lot of that comes with the story. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. A lot of that comes with the story and Jay, I actually do not like clothes. I was just going to say that's the opposite <laughs> of that. I think Joe and I are very similar in that regard. We're like, yeah, just give me some V-necks and jeans, you know, a couple pair of jeans, V-necks in different colors, uh, some simple stuff. I, yeah, I don't think either of us spends a lot of time dealing with the clothes. We do, however, look a lot for the substance. All right, we're looking below the surface yeah. on what's behind that. Um, let's see. Jeremy, and I think... <laughs> Go ahead. I have to pick up on this, uh, the clothes metaphor here. When I'm looking for clothes, I'm not necessarily looking for what looks the best. I'm looking for reliability in the maker of the clothes. I'm looking at where it was made. I'm looking at the material. I'm looking at all these other aspects of the clothes. It's not just what it looks like. It's actually one of the less least important things that I look at. So the clothes goes right into the brand. It's more than just what it looks like. There's a lot of other aspects in there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jeremy was saying, I think you summed it up. The story, the story, if authentic draws people in and then needs to be followed up by action. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Nice. Colleen's saying confidence as a component. Joe referenced having uh, the work to back up the brand, also having a unique point of view and knowing what that is. Yeah, knowing the value deliver, understanding the value deliver, and that builds as your brand grows. As you, you know, like do this more successfully, you will become more confident that you can do that again. And so, yeah, confidence is key. Um, we talk about this all the time. Like people can smell desperation, and so this is why you need to be not overly or obnoxiously confident because that can go the other way too, but you need to kind of be indifferent, you know, about whether you need a project or not. Let people come to you, right? You don't want to seem too eager beaver and you don't want to seem too like, ah, whatever, whatever, right? You need to find the balance between that um, to get folks to really just coming in and, and doing, you know, long-term business with you. Uh, Kenneth got an unrelated timeline here. Why did you remove your about section on the fin suite section about your own story? I think you may be talking about the um, story, uh, the strategy, fin suite strategy, not the about page. I think Kenneth is what you might be referencing. Um, it was your story page at some point, I think. Yeah, I think this is the fin suite yeah. strategy page. <laughs> So the FinSuite strategy page has taken over that page. And Kenneth, the reason why we did we have taken that down, that story page, the, the quick and easy timeline, is because we are now going through a, a sort of rebranding in a sense of we are updating our processes. We are creating better ways to do things internally. We are creating a new website. 
And part of that is redefining what that story is. So I remember a few months ago, I wanted to take it down because I felt like it no longer represented the brand and it needed some work to recraft that story. Mm. So you can find a lot of that uh, at FinSuite Strategy. I believe that's finsuite.com slash strategy. And we are going to have a new website with a brand new story for you. Nice. Um, Dale is saying so many interesting people here with so many interesting comments. Yeah, I think that's um, one of our favorite parts of doing this is coming and getting to interact with you all, um, which kind of brings me to a, um, a closing thought here is that we have finally hooked up a gather space with some significant bandwidth. So um, we will have up to 80 person capacity uh, through the end of the year. If we hit that level, we're gonna grow. You know, uh, we're gonna bump it up to the next step. Um, we're talking with Webflow right now about some of the community stuff. We've presented a rough budget to them. We're working to finalize that budget. So anybody who's been following our community alliance conversation, uh, we're making progress on some of that stuff. Um, and we're meeting as an internal team, as a committee, uh, to plan this stuff. And so the space that we're building that we're going to be using in Gather is going to be like a mall, right? So if you want to shop inside the mall, if you want a place inside of this to kind of build your community and kind of daisy chain on top of all this other stuff that we're doing, it's going down, right? It's going to start happening um, I'd recommend reaching out. Hey, Colleen, can we have, do we have the link for the events committee? Can we, um, share that with me, I think in Slack and I'll post that here and pin that, um, so that people can get involved with what's coming because, um, we're going to keep doing tons of meetups. We're going to double down on these streams, on the live builds, on the live support, on some of the structured networking stuff. And so some of the incubator stuff that we've been talking about is going to be pulled into like structured business networking. And so going into this next year, right now we're kind of in a planning phase. We're in a sorting some things out phase. We're going to, again, reveal a new brand. We're going to organize a bunch of different things. So like there's a lot coming. Just bear with us as we figure out how to do this right. You know, we want to make sure that we put our best foot forward so that we can continue building the brand that we've built but also let people jump on that train and build their brands off the back of that, right? Because the goal here is to pay it forward. The goal here is to really create opportunities for you all to come and, you know, stand on our shoulders, right? We're standing on Webflow's shoulders a little bit. You can come stand on our shoulders a little bit. And at the end of that, it makes us all taller, right? Like we just, we all grow, rising tide. So um, Joe, any thoughts on that? Yeah, great episode. Uh, I really enjoyed talking about this branding stuff. So if you liked it too, give us a thumbs up, give us a subscribe, a follow, check us out on other platforms and tell us that you want this type of content. You can go to finsuite.com slash vote and tell us different things that we should be doing, adding features to different products. You can go to finsuite.com slash growth to recommend new growth topics for this show nice. so please check those out we are we do a lot of our episodes based on what you tell us to do and if you like the branding let's keep this conversation going yeah um i just shared a link for the events committee if you're interested in getting involved again this is a group of folks that are meeting 
fairly regularly. Um, we're the ones that hosted the open house. We're part of the clone comp organizing team. We're a bunch of meetup organizers. So individually, we're all hosting meetups in different places. We're all starting to work together now. We're all starting to figure out how do we best pull our resources to just do the most we can for this community. So if you're interested in that, take a look at the link that just uh, we just shared from the FinSuite channel. And I think that's um, I think that's all we got for this episode. Joe, yeah. any, any other final nice. thoughts? Keep growing your brands. Keep us updated. If you yeah. do something cool, if you if you took a piece of great information on this show and you implemented it in your business, let us know on the next show in a message, whatever. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. And if you're watching this in the future, share your thoughts in the comments or leave a thought. We're going to start highlighting some of those. Joe and I were talking before the show. We get like a lot of good comments on the episodes after the episodes, like downstream. You know, so like we publish something, it sits out there for a couple of weeks and people come back with really nice refined thoughts and leave those as comments sometimes. So we're going to start highlighting some of that stuff um, on the show. And um, yeah, just again, sharing knowledge, sharing thoughts back and forth. Um, so anything we can do to help on that or any ideas you all have about how we can do this better or take it to the next step, we want to hear that in the comments. So um, let's see. Jay Poucher. I bought a house with the money I made from Webflow. Go Jay. Nice. Falling out. There you go. Um, Let's see. Likes helps tons. Great stream. Yeah. If you're watching and you haven't liked this episode or if you're not subscribed, more importantly, um, be sure to leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. So we're going to, we're going to start doing um, as much as we can. I'm not gonna say we're going to start doing more because I think we're going to get back to our twice a week. So we'll probably do something Thursday. We'll do like a live build, hang out. Maybe we'll test the new gather space. Um, yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned for an email on that. If you're not subscribed, go head over to um, thegrowth.finsuite.com or finsuite.com forward slash growth and um, sign up for email updates there. That's where we keep everybody up to date on all the stuff that's happening with this live stuff. So um, other than that, I think that's it. Joe, any final thoughts? Nothing else? Yeah. We good to go? All good. Yeah. All right. Let's F and grow. Great show. See you guys next week. Thanks, everyone.